All right, so welcome to another episode of Semper Sometimes with Benny, and tonight I have Gray the Bushy with us. Somebody that I have known, I've known now for like about like like seven or eight months, or it it feels like a lifetime. Um, but we got introduced by the Marine Rapper, and we've been talking ever since. And we did a couple of episodes on the Alive Every Day podcast, and you know I wanted to be able to have him on my podcast, really just to talk about suicide prevention, suicide awareness, um, and really just talk about what he's doing in, in Australia um, and the conversations that we've had um, off the platform. I wanted to kind of bring them out here for other people to hear and, and to understand what's going on out there, especially in Australia, because a lot of people think that suicide is one type of person or one type of color, race, creed. And it's like, no, man, like any one person can deal with suicide. And anybody exactly. can and be affected by it, whether they're the one that attempted or whether they're the person that lost somebody due to it. So I really mm -hmm. want to bring awareness to that and just talk about what other people are doing across the world um, to combat it. So without further ado, Bushy, welcome. Cheers. No, thanks for having us. Eh? Absolute pleasure. So it's, um, no, it's, it's bloody good. I, I know uh, I'm loving this shit, bro. Really <laughs> thank you, thank oh, I you. keep saying that, but I am I'm loving this shit. It's working out real well. So, is this? They say this is probably the first shirt in Australia. It is the one and only shirt in Australia. Yes, well, that is the. And and I'm glad that you're the one wearing it. So well, I'm glad, mate. And thank you very much for the uh, for the for the shirt. Bloody fantastic! Yes, well, thank you, thank you for supporting the the brand, man. So tell us about Bushy, man. How you know? First of all. What what does bushy mean? Because I've I've never asked you. What why, where right. does the, the name come from? <laughs> so obviously in the US, uh, bushy means something else. Obviously, <laughs> flat out something else. But down here, when you see one of these fellas rocking up out of the scrub, they're considered a bushy, right? That's that's a bushman, bush fella, stockman, jackaroo, jillaroo, that all the bits and pieces of all that. Um, jillaroo. Yeah, so Jillaroo is a female version of a Jackaroo. Jack, they're, they're kind of like um, like ranch hands, I guess you okay. could say. Okay. Yeah. But obviously Australia's, you know, pretty big on our uh, livestock, you know, beef, sheep, the bits and pieces. And, and a lot of us, uh, including myself at some point, um, resided in the bush for a long period of time. And, and we just uh, we just made different out there. Mm. And so... Um, but obviously, in in over the years, I've moved into the city and I've been dealing with some city situations, and I don't know how I feel about it. <laughs> quickly as possible, um, but it it just brought to light like what we you know with this suicide prevention stuff. Mm. Um, you know, it's you're seeing more and more of it happening now. And it's not just it's not just with the with the everyday nine to five elements. Uh, you got you know military, current and X. You've got first response, current and X. Uh, you even you start to get children now. Yeah, yeah. You um, consider these situations, and it's it's a scary thought. It's a bloody scary thought. Yeah. So what 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 led you to wanting to get into you know, helping combat it, bring awareness to it, bring prevention. Like how, how were you affected by it and why did you feel like it was something that you needed to talk about and 
something that you needed to 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 help towards? I think uh, for me, there's a there's a personal aspect with this, and and it has a lot to do with my older brother who served. Um, he served a, a twelve year stint in the Australian uh, Australian Army. Uh, when he got back from deployment, when he got back from Afghanistan, he did uh, three rotations to Afghanistan. Um, the third time he came back, I think it was about six months after he came back, he was uh, medically discharged from the forces. Um, something changed, man. Something changed. And we were we were out one night. We are having a couple of beers. And I noticed like my brother was drinking a, a lot more this night. Um, he just—he was just solely going out to get drunk. That was it. He just wanted to get absolutely fuck-eyed and, you know, do what he had planned. And and what his plan was is he was going to take his own life that night. Oh wow! Um, yeah. So it was pretty much. I remember I was, I was taking him home, and and it was really weird because he was like, "Oh yeah, go down this road and go down." So why are we why are we passing the old homes and why are we passing the old? Oh, I'm reminiscing. Mm. I was like, what, what the fuck are you reminiscing for? Like, we need to get home, man. It's like one o'clock in the morning. We need to get the fuck home. Because, I'm, you know, and I'm getting angry too. And he's just like, I just want to look around. And that's where I kind of I click like something ain't right. Mm. And um, so we end, up, we end up pulling up into a park and I, I got out. So let's have a chat. Like, what, what the fuck's going on? And he just, he yeah. just burst into tears. <clears throat> this is this is my hero, my, my role model, the person who I who I wanted to be as well, just crying in a heap. And I'm like, what the fuck is going on? And that was, that's where I realized there and then that there's, there's a bigger, a bigger situation than me out there. And, and it's mm-hmm. men like my brother, men like the, the, you know, that have served men and women that have served PTSD, depression, anxiety, that there's a bigger picture out there that we need to focus on. Um, yeah. And that's where, you know, obviously I stepped up a bit. I started focus- I started looking at myself. Um, started seeing a pretty big damn, <clears throat> pretty big damn number um, showing up, and and it's it's not a pretty number. Um, it's not a number that we need to. It's not a number we should forget. It's a number we need to keep remembering, mm-hmm. um, and start reducing that number in that sense. And that's where. Obviously, Walkabout Bros comes into play, which is the Veteran First Responder Rehabilitation Program. Um, we're bringing you lot down to here to take your walkabout. Um, that was something that my brother um, encouraged as well. Uh, I think it was literally about a year after that that incident. Um, we ended up going traveling ourselves, and we spent a lot of time overseas. And uh, just that, just that travel, just that walkabout, really, it, man. It's hard to explain what it does to people, it, but it's a good thing. It's not a bad thing. It's a real good thing. Yeah, yeah. Wow. So now, is there so? Because the thing is that you know a lot of people don't like when they think about PTSD or they think about suicide. A lot of times, we immediately think about the military. Exactly. But we yeah. don't. But we don't think about like the first responders. Yep. Who are constantly out there every day. You know, yep. seeing stuff on a constant basis, like the EMT workers or the firefighters or you know the yep. police officers. So it's, it's and, and that's why it's you know because like when everybody talks about suicide, most of the time it's oh twenty two a day, twenty two a day, and it's all yep. about veterans. And it's like okay, well, <clears throat> we we need to. I don't want to say the, like be selfish, but like we need to make sure that people understand that 
suicide can affect anybody. It's not one, you know, type exactly. of person. And, you know, like you were saying, so like, what, what are some things that, cause if it's prevalent in, in Australia, are there, like, what are they doing to combat it? Is there anything that's going on out there? Is there any other, uh, like, like what's going on to try to keep this from happening or to lessen the blow? Most, look, most of the, um, so with the Australian, um, situations like with military we we have a we have a va here we have a veterans affairs system set up for our veterans but um over like over over capacity underpaid understaffed um problems so a lot okay. of our veterans uh, are turning away from it and going to uh private sources or private companies that you know provide similar services what we do like you're starting to see more companies actually stepping up going hey we offer services for first response uh military um you know and and, and people are actually a lot of people in parliament here are actually starting to take notice of that as well which is which is good <coughs> we there's more companies uh stepping up to the plate and just going yeah let's 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 help these people um mm. so you're starting to see a lot of these companies pop up we have uh there's young veterans affairs which is a um, pretty pretty much a non-for-profit organisation. They travel the country um, talking to younger veterans. Um, and there's obviously the uh, Beyond Blue system, which is not necessarily for military, um, but it does have elements of, you know, first response, military, nine to five elements that are helping people instead of going through that generic, psych, you know, the psychologist or the counsellor. Mm-hmm. It's, it's They've got proper programs set up to, to help people. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it is, it is starting to become effective, and it is started uh, becoming noticed, um, mm-hmm. and that's where Walkabout Bros obviously comes into play. We we are that organisation as well. We we you know we cater for military, we cater for first response. Um, we do have a nine to five element um, being introduced uh, once we're fully fledged, um, mm-hmm. and then you know, obviously the idea behind all that is to integrate all three together. So you'll have military mm. with first response, first response with nine to five, and vice versa. Um, yeah. You know, giving giving uh, military veterans and military servicemen and women a mm. a bigger picture to look at. Instead of just looking at like this, you yeah. might have someone from a nine to five stepping in and going, "Well, if you just move over a bit, you'll see it like this." You know, and yeah. that's, that's the best thing about it. So, yeah. um, different eyes and different mindsets will create a better outcome for a lot of people. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, you know, and and it's conversations like this and it's, it's being able to see things in different perspectives and being able to take things and look like, Hey, like this is what I've gone through or this is what I'm going through or this is what I've Mm -hmm. been or where I've been and and stuff like that. Because a lot of times, you know, it's just the different stories that we all have eventually kind of come, they kind of commingle and they kind of come together. And a lot Mm -hmm. of times, you know, what you're going through is something that I may go through in the future. Um, or what you've been through is something that I'm going through right now. Um, and, and it's, and it's, you know, I I thought about this the other day or no, I was reading a book the other day and, um, I was reading a book about, it's called, um, the truth, the truth about PTSD. And the guy who writes the book is a, um, eight time, uh, Afghanistan. He went to Afghanistan eight times and he's a force recon Marine and he's talking about how we give power to PTSD yep. and how like you may be diagnosed with it and you may yep. have it, 
But he was like, it doesn't mean that you have to identify as having PTSD. He's like, you know, people get told, people get told, hey, you have PTSD. And then they spend the rest of their lives believing they cannot move forward because they've been diagnosed with this quote unquote disorder. And he was like, that's the problem is that we, we keep labeling people, hey, you're disorder, you have a disorder. And now, you know, you're going out there and living the rest of your life, but now you're inhibiting yourself. You're prohibiting yourself from living this life because you feel like you're lesser than because you have this disorder. So in the book, they really talk about like being able to identify different things, being able to work through different things and, and how they do. And, and, and one of the things that they were just talking about in the book was just like how we approach things and how a lot of veterans um, and I myself, when I was reading this, I was laughing because I've said it myself that if I was to go to counseling, which I have, I can't identify with a civilian counselor because they've never been where I've been. Right. Yeah. Yeah. But, but in the book, exactly what my brother said. Yeah. But see, but here's, but here's the thing though. Right. So that's how I've always felt. But then I was reading this book written by this Marine who's been to Afghanistan eight times, who has PTSD. And, um, and, and he says in the book, he goes, if you were diagnosed with cancer by a doctor, would you look at the doctor and say, hey, I don't trust your opinion because you haven't had cancer? Yeah, exactly. He, yeah. he was like, he was like, no, you would, you would seek counsel from this doctor. You would trust this doctor because this doctor has gone through all these years of schooling and, yep. and you would take his advice because that's his job. He was yep. like, but when, when it comes to PTSD, we have this idea in our head, well, they're not in the military. They haven't had PTSD, so they don't know what they're talking about. They don't know what it feels like. And yep. and he was like, no, like you, you need to take, you know, they may not feel how you feel, but that doesn't mean that they don't understand how the brain works. It doesn't mean that they don't understand how you could be feeling the way that you are due to the certain, you know, experiences, you know, and yep. then he goes into talking about how, um, how PTSD is triggered and how, how e- and you know, because a lot of times people think that, oh, well, PTSD is for is only for military members. And it's like, no, anybody can have at some point have had a traumatic yep. moment that brings yep. them back. You know, like, yep. hey, you know, I got into a car crash. So mm. when if the if the if someone hits the brakes and I'm in the car, I have a. I immediately have a, I come back to that moment. And he was like, so it's just very important that we, you know, we, we acknowledge that. Yeah. And that's what, you know, and, and reading his story and then reading the book and, you know, it, it just really makes me, made me realize that like a lot of times we're not listening to other people because we think that, oh, well that person can't have an issue like that. Or like you said, you know, you're watching your brother break down in tears. And in your mind, you're like, bro, this is my hero. Like, I've never, I, I never thought I could see him in this light. You know, and that's yep. why a lot of people like your brother, not, I'm not speaking for him, but, mm. you know, a lot of people that are in that stature, they don't feel like they can have that conversation with somebody because yeah, so exactly. many people are looking up to them. There's so, people, so many people looking up to them. They're like, bro, I can't come to you and tell you that I'm failing. I can't come to you and tell you that I've had these messed up thoughts or I can't come to you and tell you 
that this is going on with me because you look up to me and I don't have anyone to go to. I don't have anyone to talk to because I'm the man of the house where I'm the, yep. I, I'm in charge of this, you know, platoon squad or, yep. you know, whatever it is, you know? So that's a yep. lot of what happens a lot of times. There's, so that's why. There's of, yeah. There's like, there's a lot of pride, man. There's a lot of pride and there's, there's a lot of, you know, like you said, they, they, they stand tall and they feel, mm -hmm. That the hat you, you guys feel like you have to stand tall the whole time, mm. and this is where things are starting to turn, and they're turning for the good now. You've got fellas such as yourself and my brother, and and men and women who have done some some crazy shit, and they're all being told by by people, hey, you don't need to stand tall all the time. You can sit down, have a break, yeah, put your feet yeah. on the deck, have a break, and yeah. You know, it's it's like with the with the PTSD stuff. So, you know, for me, when I when I get on planes, man, I oof, I I have a I have an issue with takeoff. Um, so a few years ago, we uh, we had we we're, we we're taking off the site. We'll find the site, and uh, we lost both engines on port side of the plane. So that whole plane just went <laughs> like this. What round hard. Um, I got a picture of it on uh, on Instagram. You'll see it's like the engine cowling on a jet. It's just all blown off yeah. the back end. So that plane banked real hard, and pilots just you know they're sort of like, well, shit. They've made the call. Um, the host, the air hostesses, they're just like you know head down. Um, what was it? Knees down, head down, stay down type thing. So that's the, obviously the crash procedure for uh, for an emergency landing. And uh, we hit that tarmac hard, bro. We hit it hard, just fucking. It it felt like a normal landing, but just just hard. And uh, <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't the uh, it wasn't the engine blowing up that scared me. It wasn't the landing that scared me. It was that sudden drop mm. when goes from zero. It just goes from gravity to zero grav, and everything just starts. You just lose all control. Yeah. Um, so now, like whenever I'm in a plane, if that plane goes to level out and you get that moment of dip, I just I just lock into the seat, man. I won't let go. I'm just like fuck. Evens out. You're like, all right, I'm all good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> so that's you know, it's 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 PTSD like symptoms like that. You know, people go, well, you know, you're scared of flying. No, I'm not scared of flying. If I was scared yeah. of flying, I wouldn't be getting on a fucking plane. Yeah. What yeah. I do. Yeah, you know, like what I do now, so when we take off, like I, I read the manuals on flights and I read them like what a pilot goes through on takeoff. And I read every <laughs> <laughs> And every like next to each of them sentence, like what what do we expect with this, right? Maybe turbulence, rough weather, storm patterns, all this shit. And I'm reading, I'm like, all right, so every time I'm on a plane now, I'm doing what a pilot's doing. I'm going through the cycle. And I'm just like, okay, we're going to get a bit of chop. I can feel it. Cool. Turbulence. Pilot's probably <laughs> up the front. <laughs> you know what I mean? But it fucking helps. It helps because yeah. not only am I keeping myself calm, but I'm looking like an absolute fucking boss when we hit turbulence, bro, and the plane is fucking going ape shit, and everyone's like, fuck, fuck. And I'm just sitting there just like just doing what the pilot does, just going through everything in my head, what's happening, how it's going down. Mm. You know, the person next to me could be shitting themselves and be like, first time. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like just stirring them up, but it's stuff like that 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 people can do. Um, yeah, that that can help them through that. 
Um, yeah, and you know, and that's the thing is is that, and that's what reading this book. It was like a little quick book, you know. Like it, yeah. I've read it in like maybe like an hour. It was a little quick pamphlet, and, and that was something that it did for me. Was it made me realize that like it, it what he what he's calling to action, what he's saying in the book it, is he's like people lean on these things as a crutch. He's like, yep. not to say that, like, listen, I'm not saying that you don't have PTSD. He's like, I'm not saying mm -hmm. that you don't have these issues. But he's like, you cannot. He's like, if you get diagnosed at 21 years old with PTSD, you can't spend the next 70 years of your life saying, nah. well, I can't live because I have PTSD. Or like when people are irate or when people yep. are yelling or flipping out, he's like, yep. oh, well, it's okay because I have PTSD. He's like, no. He was like, you yeah. have to find a way to be able to live your life. And you have to, you know, read different books. You have to listen to different things. He's like, you have to get different counsel. And, and like you did, you know, you had this issue. You, you're you like, okay, I noticed this. Okay, well, what can I do to better myself and keep mm -hmm. me from having these attacks or keeping me? So you went and you learned the procedures that a pilot goes through, you mm -hmm. know. And that's the thing is that we have to look at things and say, okay, well, what can I learn from this? How can I live through it? You know, like myself, like I have – so I got hit by an IED in 2011 when I was in Afghanistan. So I have yep. a, a I, so I was diagnosed with a traumatic brain injury. So I have a horrible memory. So I, a lot of times, like, I'll be honest. Like I, before I read this book, I was constantly like, "Oh, it's okay. I have a I, I had a TBI. It's okay. I had a TBI." But then I read yep. this book and I was like, "Bro, like you're blaming simple things on a TBI," and yep. it's like, "No." go get help or hey what have you done to better your memory and i'm like yeah. you know what i gotta start looking at different things how can i better my memory so now i'm looking at different like books and and, and listening yeah. to different things that can help better my situation because well, you, i can't you, just sit here and blame it you know what i mean yeah you you building stuff bro you mm -hmm. so like i've seen like with your lego you build like yeah. batman build, build a nintendo lego yeah. so there's studies were done years and years ago. Lego actually builds the brain because mm -hmm. you, you, you know, when you're sitting there and you're like, what am I going to build? I'm going to build a car. And then you start off mm -hmm. with a car. Next minute, it's got a fucking jet engine on it. It's got a fucking, it's got a lift kit and it goes from this car to this fucking full thing. That's yeah. your brain going, like creating new pathways, new, new bits and pieces to, to come up with this outcome. So, you know, with what you're doing there with the Lego stuff, yeah that's good man and you know there's nothing just keep doing it because eventually your brain's just gonna be like yeah 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 i like this and it's it's like a stimulus type thing oh yeah definitely i can definitely say that i've noticed i've been do we we started doing them when my son was born so he was born in, uh, at the end of april so the beginning of may so we've been doing it may june july august september so like five months going on six months yep. and i've definitely noticed a lot better um, my memory's definitely gotten a lot better. And I've, and also like, I had a huge issue with patience. Like I'm yes. not a patient person at all. <laughs> I'm not a patient person at all. And, um, like the first one that I ever did was at the hospital when my son was born. Like, right. That was the first time I decided, Hey, I'm going to do a Lego at the day my son's born. And yeah. we were in the hospital. I built it for him and I was like, Hey, this will be his first one. And I was like, this is how we'll start the tradition. And, it took me like it was a small one and it took mm. me like a like six seven hours and i had messed up and i got frustrated with it 
but now now we're we're on to these like two thousand piece ones and yeah, i'm getting more and more like i'm getting more into them i'm getting more calm i'm getting more relaxed you know i'm trying like don't get me wrong if i if i'm missing one piece i'm frantically like what the heck's going on but <laughs> do, do you but, do a you know, you do that billboard where the fuck where the f oh there it is it's all good yeah yeah no like that happened to me that happened to me the other day i i, I couldn't find it was one little black piece and i couldn't yep. find it and i actually it was in the trash because it was in the bottom right corner of the bag and i threw uh, it out yeah. and i was like and now so now i'm very careful before i throw bags out because i'm like do i have all the pieces because yep. like but that and and i'll tell you that there was one I was doing with my wife when it was a Porsche and it was 2000 pieces, but normally the bags, the bags come numbered. Yeah. This yep. box did not come numbered. So <laughs> it was 2000. So I had literally, I put all 2000 pieces on the table and I had to sort through all of them. And that bro, it took us like, it took us like three days to finish. But it was like, and I mean like three, like wow. it probably took about three eight hour days because we literally had to like, we had to figure out piece by piece by piece, like where does it go? Because there was yeah. no, like there was an instruction booklet, but it wasn't in order because the pieces were just messed up. But it was, See? but it, but, but back to the topic of discussion, like yeah. I found a way other than because like you know because for me for a long time i was drinking excessively or i was you know doing other things that were like they weren't bringing they weren't adding to me and yep. and they and yep. they weren't adding to my family and they weren't adding to my time with my family so now we now and that's why people some people are asking like yo you got to doing a lot of legos like where did this come from and i'm like well it gives me guaranteed time with my family like, exactly. you know, yep. my son's asking to help. My daughter's learning to help. My wife is helping me. My wife will do a bag. I'll do a bag. And yep. then we're, 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 as a family, we're building something together. Yep. So it's, you know, and that's something that I, I didn't have. So that's why it's, in, you know, it's encouraging to be, to me, for other people, like, listen, like, if you have an issue with, you know, whether you feel alone or you feel, like there's nobody there for you like okay well then create something create yeah you know if they're like that's and that's why it's awesome that groups are being created with mm. people you know communities are being created like there's this thing called um in uh in america there's this thing called pb abate it's pro patrol base abate abate yep. was a uh, i believe he was a sergeant who who died and his commanding officer created a nonprofit in memory of him. And yep. now they have throughout America, they have like in certain states, they have communities. And I found one here and like they call them chapters. And um, I found one here in New Jersey. And it's a bunch of veterans from all different branches. And we're all in this group chat. And we kind of just awesome. BS. Yeah, we kind of just BS. And, you know, now on Saturday, we're going to do a hike together because um, there's the Silkies ah, yeah. hike by Irreverent Warriors. And then on the 1st, we're going to be doing, like, we're going to all go to this brewery and hang out and get together. So, like, <laughs> these communities are being created because, like, you know, let's face it, 20, 
you know, again, like whether it's veterans or not, but like 22 push-ups, right? So here, yep. you know, 22 push-ups a day. And it became this thing where it was like, oh, we're going to spread awareness. But I was like, okay, but what is that doing? You know, and now yeah. you have these communities that are coming together and they're, yeah. they're, they're following up with each other. Hey, man, how are you doing? Hey, man, call me. Hey, how are you? Hey, you need me? Call me. And now we're yeah. in group chats where constantly throughout the day people are like, hey, man, how's everything going? Oh, hey, this funny thing happened. Boom. And, and now yeah. we're all like, like today. Today, yeah. one of the guys, one of the guys was like, "Hey, um, there's a there's a guy, there's a veteran in my at my college here that just had a baby, and he doesn't have clothes for the baby because he's like he's going through a hard time. Does anybody have? Can anybody help?" And then all of a sudden, twenty of us in this group were like, all of us were like, "Yeah, like we all have." clothes or we have money or gift cards or whatever so now we yeah. all came together for this one veteran and it's like that's what matters like that's what's that, going to combat suicide that's what's going to stop right. these things from happening you hit the nail right on the goddamn head there right there just straight up the we're already suicide away we need yeah. to do prevention that, that just yeah. straight up done and mm -hmm. To, to know that there's groups out there like yours as well, bro, like just doing that, that's that you're going in the right direction with it entirely for sure. That's yeah, shit, yeah. And again, like coming full circle, this is this is you know, we walk about bros, you know, like yeah. a couple of ago, I was like, hey man, let's get you down to Australia. Um, and that and that's the whole that's the whole thing with walk about bros, you know, if we we might have people that are like, no, I can get my own flight, I'm all good. Just tell me where I need to land. I'll see you there. And I'm like, all right, sweet. But then there's other people who aren't. Um, they're not not able to financially cover that flight. So that's where we step in and go. Well, hey, listen, we'll cover your flight. But these are the T's and C's. These are the terms and conditions. You got to do the full 15 day course. You got to come down here. You know, there's no alcohol. There's no no cigarettes. No drugs. You are sober the entire time. Mm -hmm. um, and then going from you know, like landing in Perth, where all the influences are, and, and this is this is going to be the big test for a lot of men and women that come onto this program. The big test is the first three days in, you know, whatever urban centre we're staying in, whether it's Perth, the capital of Western Australia, Brisbane, capital of Queensland, or Sydney, capital of New South Wales. One of those cities we're going to be staying in at some point. Mm -hmm. um, we're not going to sit there and hold everyone's hands. We're just going to go right. This is this is where you're staying for the, for the first four like for the first three nights these are the courses that we're doing during the day prepping us for that bush trek out into the scrub so mm -hmm. you know please be here at this time um if people want to go out and drink and go out for dinner and stuff hey that's fine you can do that but keep in mind you've got some pretty serious stuff coming up and mm -hmm. not only be giving that responsibility back to them but we're also going hey you know fucking you don't need to get on the piss all the time mm -hmm. um so, and then yeah, once once we're out in the scrub, mate, that's it. There's no alcohol. We're, <laughs> we're pretty okay. We're pretty so listen, hey, I, I'm telling you right now, if I can't come to Australia and have a beer with Bushy, then I'm not coming. <laughs> well, <laughs> this is with us. It's going to be different in the sense because we. One of the things that I want to do is obviously get yourself, Raymond, uh, Rocco, uh, down to Australia, and just you know obviously put a face to the name i know we do a lot of live stuff um, yeah, yeah. but obviously 
you know, meeting in person is is a lot more important for me because not only does it put that genuine side to it, but it's like, hey, fellas, let's go check some cool shit out. Yeah, um, yeah. And you know, to have a beer with you, Mob, would be bloody fantastic. I know that. So Bro, it would be it would be an amazing treat. <laughs> and I think, like, one of the things that, like, like you said, the. the Having that, having PTSD and, and going, you know, oh, I'm fucked for the rest of my life, you know, yeah, it's not have. And, and this is where, you know, with walkabout bros, we step in and go, hey, look, you got PTSD, cool, so does he, so does she. But look, yep. at look where you're at now. You stepped out of your comfort zone, you're in a country that's fucking 99% of the animals here want to kill you. You're standing here now, breathing and living, and there's a there's a point on the trip where we're going to stop. And I like this because this, this just really puts things in, into perspective for these, for these folks. We'll stop in a spot in the middle of fucking nowhere, walk about a K off the road into some scrub, into some bush and just stand there. And, and I won't say anything. I'll just, we'll just all stand there. Everyone be looking around what the fuck's going on. And then once everyone's sort of like, Hey man, what's happening? It's like, have a look at where you're standing. You're probably one of the first people to ever stand here in this area. For thousands of years, you're the first person. Uh, a lot of people don't realise how big Australia is and how isolated and, and you know there's a lot of areas that haven't been walked on before. And mm. you say that to a person, you say that to a to a, a person who's going through hell to go, hey man, you're probably the first person to stand here ever. Isn't that worth something? Like you're alive today and you're standing here, and you could be the last person to stand here. Mm. So we get them to take a bit of dirt, put it in a jar, and then we write the area down and the date. We give that to them, and we get the, they they take that home with them, and we just tell them put that up in a spot where you can see it every day, whether it's on top of your fridge, your mantelpiece, wherever, and wherever you've got to walk past to see it. And if you're having a shit day, have a look at that fucking jar of dirt, and that jar of dirt is, you know, to let you know that you made it, like you stood somewhere where no one stood before, mm. um, and that's that's pretty unique. Um, situation for folks. Yeah. So. And, it, and, and I like what you said because it's like, you know, a lot of people and I, and I think I'm glad for, I'm glad for the, the world in which we live in today mm. because like back in the day, you know, other veterans didn't have what we have now, you know, like, you know, we, people like no one had the capabilities of getting on, on, on YouTube Mm. FaceTime with somebody in Australia, like yep. it, like think about it. In other times of of the world, I would have never been able to meet an Australian named Bushy. Like that, you know. Like <laughs> this is like, and that's why I love. That's why I love stuff like this is because, like you said, mm. like there's other. You're not the only person that has suffered from suicidal ideations. You're not the only mm. person that's dealt with alcoholism. You're not the only person, mm. and that's why it's important for you to find other people that are in the same place that you are in life, you yep. know, find other yep. people that are dealing with what you're dealing with because everybody's different and everybody copes with things differently. So exactly. you, you may be somebody who wants to go rock climbing or you want to be somebody who wants to go running or whatever. So like go find a, a community of people who run, find the community of people who write people who, you know, who journal people who do whatever, like as long as you could find something that's healthy to, yep. to overcome what it is you're dealing with, 
that's what's important is for you to be able to find like-minded people and be able to understand where they're coming from because they can also understand what you're what you've gone through and what you've been through you know what i mean exactly right exactly bang on and it's bro like shit if you if you want to build lego ships or you want to collect transformers if it makes you feel better yeah i can do it don't worry about people come in and go what do you do that for because i feel good that's all you gotta say i feel good doing it um yeah you know my my mate's you know, they, they come in here, they come into the studio, they have a look and they go, dude, what, what's with the Star Wars and Transformers stuff? I enjoy it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so, you know, and um, I, I would rather do something that I enjoy. You know, if I'm having a bad day and I need to chill, I need to chill. I'll yeah. build one of these things or I'll, I'll you know, I'll jam on the guitar. I just There's heaps of things that people can do to overcome those those issues. All it takes mm-hmm. is just a just a ten minute break. Yeah. Just each day. Have a ten minute break to yourself. Don't don't think about bad shit. Just think about okay, what am I gonna do today? What am I gonna do tomorrow afternoon? What am I gonna do, et cetera, et cetera. Um, mm-hmm. if you I found if you plan your situation, there's less time for distraction, there's less time for those demons to creep in and yeah. you end up finding more time for yourself. Yeah. So yeah. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, and so, something, uh, yeah, something I had. I don't, I don't know whether I read it or or saw it, but somebody was just saying they were just like, just give yourself one more day. Yeah, they were like every day, just tell yourself, hey, tomorrow I'm gonna do this. So every day yep. that you feel like shit, you just keep yep. looking forward to tomorrow, and then yep. tomorrow you tell yourself, hey, tomorrow, hey, tomorrow, yep. hey, tomorrow, and then yeah. you just keep doing that. You know, live, live. You know with tomorrow in mind, but also understanding yep. that it's not promised, but still yep. put it forward in your head. Like, Hey, I, I'm going to be here tomorrow. I'm going to do this. Like, don't, don't give up on yourself or because everything, you know, everything in life is, is, is momentary. Everything in life is temporary. It's not, you know, sometimes people, you know, they make these decisions based off of like, Oh my God, I'm living in this horrible world or like, mm. this is such a bad day. And then all of a sudden tomorrow, you know, an amazing thing happens, you know, yep. or, 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 and I, even myself, I find myself, you know, in the same position. Like some days I'll be like, oh my God, this is such a horrible day. Yep. But then like, yep. I think about it like what, like for instance, last night, last night I was putting my son to bed, my, my newborn on, and he was screaming his head off and oh. he only, like he never really screams, but the yeah. only time he screams is when he's hungry or when he yep. doesn't have a, or like when he just finished eating, if you don't put a binky in his mouth immediately, he'll scream. So I didn't have, so I li- I didn't have a binky. So I'm getting him dressed, yep. and he's just screaming. And then all of a sudden, all of a sudden, as I'm as I'm doing that, I, I start to th- I don't know what caused this thought in my mind, but all of a sudden I started thinking about somewhere in the world, there is a child who. The parents don't have mm. food, water. They don't have anything to give that baby. They don't have anything yep. to ail what's wrong. And that baby's going to continue to scream and cry. And they don't have a doctor or they don't have running yep. water. And I started to think about that. And I'm like, bro, like at the end of the day, like no matter how bad my day is, it's never going to be that bad. 
Like, that's right. And, and it just, and that's like, and that's something that just, it kind of just went through my mind, like before I laid down and before I went to bed, like I was just like, bro, like no matter, like I have a house, I have yep. a, a home, I have three children, I have a wife, I have a dog, I have a car, like no matter how bad I, my day is, like you've got it's still things, a yeah. day. Yeah, and and you know, and no matter how much I can't stand my job, I mm. have a job. You know, yeah. no matter how much I can't stand whatever circumstance, it's like, bro, you get to have that circumstances. There, yeah. there's some, there's people out uh, in other places throughout the world who don't, who would give anything to have what you complain about having. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah, right. yeah. Well, it's, I mean, just like just with me in the last probably three years there's been there's been a lot of changes on, on my side of things here with with careers um mm. choice of life um and it's it's been a very interesting challenge but i, I literally left the engineering side because i got to a point as much as i love being a mechanical engineer i got to the point where i'm like i'm fucking bored mm. and i'm starting to hate the job I'm, i was, I was mm. loathing it. it got to the point where i was like fuck instead of going yeah, sweet. I got six days off where I can do whatever the fuck I want. It's oh, fuck. I've got six days before I have to go back to work. You know what mm. I mean? And that's that's where you know you're not. You, you need to get the fuck out of that role. So I, t- yeah. I took a year off um, and bought into a franchise uh, in Perth for a bit there, and that was fun. But I'm not I'm not customer relations in any way, shape, or form. So, <laughs> <laughs> so it got a little bit. Uh, I don't know. Look, Karen's and Darren's. I don't deal with Karen's and Darren's too. I can see you. I can see you just answering the phone. Hey, this is Bushy. How the fuck can I help you? Like, I feel like that's your customer relations. Yeah. I feel like that's the uh, customer service, Bush. Pretty much, yeah. And, that, and that's a nice tone too. You know, that's a real nice tone. But I think, like, when I, when I was sort of opting to leave and and finish up anyway. I, I look back at the mines and instead of going back into the engineering side of things, I, I rang some mates of mine and, and I just rang around and uh, one of them said, hey, man, maybe you should get into training. Maybe you should be a trainer. Mm. And I was like, well, fuck, you know, yeah, I can I can, yeah, I can, can do that. I can train people on, on equipment. I can train people on, on refinery stuff. Like I know, I know it like the back of my hand. So I went and did my Cert 3 and 4 in training assessing and then – got this job at BHP mining and fuck bro, I'm thriving, I'm loving it. Just that change has not only introduced a, a different frame of mind, but mm-hmm. what, I, what I've learned from that, that um, training element, I can apply to, to walkabout bros. Mm. Um, but it's, it's also teaching me patience. Now I never, like, you know how we're talking about patience before? Yeah. I, yeah, I had a very, very short fuse at one point, um, and if something didn't sort of go the way it was meant to be done, I'd that was it. I'd lose my shit. Yeah, um, not a very good leadership quality in any way, shape, or form. So that was a that was a major weakness that I had. Um, mm. And then going into this training side of things, it's pretty much um, you know the person that you're training has never used that piece of equipment, so you're, mm-hmm. you're expecting accidents. You, you know something's going to go wrong, so you're prepped for it. You're ready for it. And as long as you, you're clear on the two-way, like talking to them, um, even if they do stuff up, I'm, I just find myself going, hey, man, it's all good. 
no, just just back yeah. out wherever you are, just back out of it, have a look, let's do it again. And we're just repetitive. Mm-hmm. Um and it just yeah, just find my attitude just getting better and better each time. Mm-hmm. So it's that that I guess long story short, like the, the seed change stuff, you know, like if you if you're if you're in a career and you're just loathing going to that career, then mm-hmm. it's, it's time to step back and, and have a look at some options, you know, like there's always yeah. options, there's always something there. Yeah. And, and you know, and I, and I, it's also important. We didn't kind of, we didn't cover this, but you know, you had said it in the very beginning when you were talking about your brother, you know, you noticed the signs and you noticed that there was something weird happening. You know, and a lot of times I think that, you know, when we talk about suicide and, and stuff like that, you know, a lot of times when you hear the stories, you know, people are like, oh, well, I didn't think if you ask them, like, hey, did you see any telltale signs? People may say things like, oh, well, no, he was not that type of person or he mm. wouldn't do that. And it's like and it, and then it's like, well, I don't I don't think there's one type of person. I don't, I don't think that. You know the type of person exists i think that people are just brought to their breaking point and then at that point you know people don't think they have anywhere to go and now excuse me and now at this time they're now that type of person like no one is that type of person until it comes time to be that type of person and and it's and it's important because you know you may not have wanted to notice the signs but you notice them and you made it a point to say something because mm-hmm. if, if, in an, if in another turn of events, you had felt, you know what, I'm not going to say something. You may not yep. have a brother right now, exactly you know, and, right. and you, and you had the, you know, you had the balls, you had the tenacity, you had the intestinal fortitude to be mm-hmm. able to look at your brother and say, Hey man, what is going on? And, yeah. and that's why I think it's so important that we talk about stuff like this because a lot of people don't – a lot of people are more worried about what's going to be thought of me rather than, hey, I, I want to say something here. Hey, I need to say something here exactly. because I would rather – I would rather you be mad at me because I said something mm-hmm. than, ra- than rather you be mad at me or rather than you be dead. Like I'd yeah. rather you be like, hey man, like, hey, is everything going all right? Because I, yep. you know, you're never going to be mad at me because I called you to reach out, and that's why to me, you know, it's funny to me because people will always tell me, or I'll hear people always say that cliche term of, hey bro, if you ever need anything, call me. Yeah. And then it's like, and then it's like, okay, well, you know what's funny, man? Like, I, I don't know the last time I spoke to you. Yeah. You know, or yeah. hey, I don't know the last time that I called you and you called me back or the last time that I answered. And that's why for me, you know, myself, like if I have a missed call, I call the person back immediately. Or yeah. if I have a missed call at 3 a.m., like I, I don't know how yeah. many times my wife has woken me up and been like, yeah. hey, Sergeant so-and-so called you. It's 3 a.m., you know, because mm-hmm. I have unfortunately I have gotten calls from, you know, some of my Marines in my time of being in the Marine Corps, I've gotten, you know, a couple of suicide attempt phone calls. And yep. and that's my thing is that like everybody's quick to say, call me if you need me, but they're mm-hmm. not quick to answer when they say that. So that's why I yep. always encourage people like, hey, listen, like if we're going to tell people, hey, call me, then you, you better be there to answer the phone. Yeah, exactly. And that's like, uh, like for me, 
Um, a lot of my mates in the past that have done those calls, there's usually something involved prior to that call. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, there's been a couple of times where I've, I've gotten angry at these fellas. Um, just going, man, like, where are you? Oh, I'm at home. Who's with you? I'm by myself. How much? And then how much have you had to drink? Mm-hmm. And they'll they'll go all quiet. Oh, I've had fuck all. You can hear the slurring. You can yeah. it's like no. Come on, I'll be I'll be there in a minute. And then so I'll I'll drive around to wherever they're at, whether they're an hour away or fucking two hours away. I'll drive around because it's that mm-hmm. this is the this is the witching hour type thing. Um, mm-hmm. Get to their house and the first thing they do, oh, have a beer with us, nah, bro. I'm putting you to bed. Like you you fucking yeah. had enough. Um, mm-hmm. they'll get all angry and uppity and shit, but that's where you sort of go, well, look, you're drunk, I'm sober, I ain't going to end well, time to go to bed, bro. It's a bit of, it's a, bit of a harsh love scenario, but I'd rather yeah. be harsh love than, like you said, reading someone's fucking life story at a funeral, you know, yeah. um, you know, reading that, oh, he was such a great guy instead of he's a fucking legend. Um, yeah. So that's, that's, that's happened a few times with me in that sense and, in the next morning, you know, like they'll wake up and they'll be like, "Oh, sorry, man." It's like, "Hey, bro, don't be sorry. Like, thanks for calling." Yeah, yeah. But yeah. Fucking, we got to we got to nip this alcohol in the butt, man. Like, we got to knock it on the head because this shit is making you think silly shit. Um, and it's, I mean, look, I'm on my I'm I'm my biggest enemy when it comes to alcohol. Like, I've been sober now five months, mm. uh, and that's a challenge in itself because Australia's got such a big drinking culture. But mm-hmm. me, uh, if I found, like, if I was sitting by myself and I was drinking and there would either be a song or something will, something will remind me of something and then I'm just, like, inhaling those beers and just, you know, not, not necessarily thinking stupid shit but just going, yeah. oh, what if? What if I did this? What if I did that? And it's like you yeah. just don't want to get into that mindset. It's, it's not yeah. about what ifs. Now it's about, okay, what can I do? What can I do mm. to move forward? So what um, what made you what made you want to go sober? Like what made you decide that like this was um, something that you needed to do? So I uh, well that uh, uh, Onyx brand that brand that you're teed up with now yeah yeah yeah, um, yeah so my mate Rachel uh, she's we both work together on site and she's been I don't think she's touched drop for twelve years she just trains goes wow. to the gym. Yeah, like dedicated to uh, bodybuilding, and um, wow. I was sitting down uh, one day in the car, and I was filling out some paperwork for some training, and I started. It was it was hard for me to breathe. I was, mm-hmm. I was and then my chest started feeling weird, and I'm like, "Fuck!" And then my arms started tingling. I'm like, "Oh shit, am I having a heart attack?" Mm-hmm. And uh, so I got up out of the car and I walked to the office and Rachel was in the office. I was like, mate, is there any chance you can get onto ERT? And she's like, you're all good. And I said, I think I'm having a heart attack or I'm going to have a heart attack. Just I ain't feeling right. Mm-hmm. So she's just straight in. She's like, take a seat. Here's a cup of water. I was like, opening my shirt because I couldn't, I couldn't breathe properly. Um, and this is back when I was punching, you know, four packs a day, 30, 30 pack cigarettes, like four of them a day. Um, twelve beers a night, just hammering. Hold on, hold on, hold on. The <laughs> cigarettes have thirty. There, there's thirty yeah. in a pack. Thirty in oh a pack. Oh my so, gosh! Yeah, so four of them a day, bro. Like I was just burning and turning with that shit. Um, 
it was it, like you ask anyone I worked with, bro. It was pretty much back in those days. Like one would just be finishing. I'd be using that one to light the other one and carrying on. It was just chain smoking bad. Um, and then yeah, when, like, obviously when it got checked out, they're just like, "Look, man, you've, you're you're a ticking time bomb. You know, you're pushing forty. You need to. Uh, you're not as fit as you used to be. You need to start training again. You need to do this. You need to do that." And I was like, "Okay, all right. This is the this is the wake up call." Mm. Um, and I messaged Rachel about a week later. I said, mate, what's it going to take to get on to, like, train together? And she she laughed. She's like, I don't think you can keep up with me. I was like, I'm going to fucking try. Like, <laughs> we're going to give this a crack. Yeah. Um, and so <clears throat> we spent the first two two weeks training together. Um, she just obviously made sure I pushed myself, got to a limit, pushed again, got to a limit, pushed again. Um, so I just threw myself into the training side of things and – so instead of going down to the pub every night after work, go down to the gym every night, I just change my habit. Because mm. so, um, if I didn't change my habit, I'd probably be a very big chance I wouldn't be sitting here talking to you now. Yeah. Uh, and, that, and that's how close it was. When, uh, when I did all my tests and my blood tests and, and cardio, to, it, it, was, it was close, real close. Yeah. Um, so getting the, getting the test done last week, I've come up a lot better. I'm sitting at like... I think it was like ten percent from ninety, um, so it's it's good. It's it's actually dropped cholesterol's dropping, wow. blood pressure dropping, the whole lot's going. So there, yeah. yeah. Well, thank you, thank you to um, to Rachel for um, yes. having Bushy still with us right now. So shout out to <laughs> shout out to Rachel. Um, well, yeah, I'm, I'm glad to hear that, man, and uh, I'm glad to know that you're. You know, it's it's crazy that sometimes that it's stuff like it's stuff that like we have to have these near life experiences to you know like you 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 know D Cure, um, I did an episode with him about nine months ago, and I was looking yeah. over it yeah. yesterday. I was listening. I was I was listening to it yesterday, and he talks about his attempt at suicide, mm. and that was when he became sober. Yep. And he talks about it in the episode and he says that if he didn't have a near death experience, that he yep. would have never become sober. And he exactly. was like, it took, he's like, it took that for me to realize that I needed to walk away from alcohol yep. and that I needed to walk away from the dependency that I had. Mm-hmm. So it's, you know, and, 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 su- and it sucks because, and that's why I love having these conversations because it's like okay, well, hey, maybe you're listening to this, and you and we don't need you to get to a near death experience. Like exactly maybe right. you're maybe maybe you're listening to this, and you're and you're you're listening to it, and you're hearing telltale signs, and you're like, wow, that's me, that's me, that's me. I need yep. to stop. Um, like I so said before, everyone's got choices, and yeah. and there's options. There's always options. There's always choices. You know, you just you just need that push in the right direction, and obviously a near death experience is not ideal <laughs> yeah. But yeah 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 yeah. do it do it before you get to that point definitely fucking oath. um so yeah it's we, obviously with dq like for that to happen to him and, and for him to just pull the pin and go fuck this that's not worth my life that that's that right right trek in the right direction yeah yeah now he's i think like like nine or ten years sober um, you know, and that's why he does so much with the work that he does, with the music that he does, and that's why he's always constantly yeah. talking about it because he's like, that's my, that's my method of yeah. keeping myself from doing it. Like I'm staying strong for myself, for my wife, yeah. for 
for other people that can't. Um, and I'm using my his he's using his story to be able to tell people, like, hey, you're not alone. You know, if you're there now, I was there. Um, you don't yeah. gotta stay there. So, um, <clears throat> so for everybody who does not follow you, where can we where can we follow you? Um, where can we find more about the Walkabout Bros? Um, and any last words that you want to give us before we kind of wrap this up? Yep. Uh, so yeah, obviously, Gray the Bushy. You know, I'm on Facebook, uh, Instagram, TikTok, um, fucking TikTok. Anyway, <laughs> um, and, but obviously, look, the more important thing, look, Grey the Bushy isn't always going to be operational. I'm actually thinking about shutting down uh, next year mm. um, and obviously focusing on Walkabout Bros. Um, mm. So with Walkabout Bros, that's more important. We want to get, obviously, we're looking for more support for that situation so we can start getting these um, these people sorted. Uh, so we do have a webpage. It's walkaboutbros.com. Uh, we do have Facebook, Instagram, um and, and TikTok as well. But our team, we, we do have a team involved. Um, we got um, we got Mary, who's a uh, Purple Heart recipient. Um, I don't know if you remember Mary. Mary Daggs. We got we got her on board. Um, we got Doc Holiday. We got Wellesley. We've got we've we've got a, a dedicated team to the whole situation. So, um, and you know, the more support we get, the more we can achieve. Um, and obviously the more we can achieve, the more we can save. And, and that's the whole, that's the ultimate goal. It's people down here to have some fun and just rewire that brain from, well, I don't want to drink tonight. I want to go on an adventure. I want to go, you know, walk a bit pretty much. So, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, we're, we're on, um, we're on the, uh, all the, uh, hot channels as they call them, Instagram, Facebook, websites, TikTok, the whole bloody lot. Uh, walk about bros, check it out. Um, we have some material coming out very, very shortly. We've been doing little videos and skits and bits and pieces. So that's coming out very, very shortly and uh, looking forward to it. Shit, yeah. All right. Awesome. Well, hey, thank you so much, Bushy, for for coming on with me, man. I really appreciate yeah, it. Bro. I can't wait to to meet with you and have a cup of coffee um, and, and just <laughs> hang out and be able to shoot the shit, man, and yeah. you know, just be able to hang out, bro. I really appreciate your time. And do you have any any last words or anything that you want to give us before we head out? Well, it's the age-old saying, smooth seas didn't make a good captain, right? Hmm. Food for thought. Let's let's everyone take that into mind. Smooth seas did not make a good captain. Keep that in your heads and, uh, yeah, be easy, be All good. Right. All right. Thanks a lot, brother. I appreciate you, and I'll talk to you soon, all right? Talk to you soon, bro.